0: Welcome to Top of the Week! I'm Grace Stevens and I'm here with my co host, Deborah Murray. On today's episode, we'll be talking with Molly Doberstein, Michael Crimmins, and our own co host, Deborah Murray. The stories we'll be discussing this week will be Banned Book Week, the upcoming state election, and the new ownership of Dublin's Irish Pub in downtown Bowling Green. So let's hop into our first story with our very own Deborah Murray. So last week was Banned Books Week. Debra, you spoke with one of the WKU librarians about the importance of banned books. So kind of tell me, like, what leads to banned books?
1: Historically, there have been a lot of different book bans, but as of recently, a lot of them have to deal with parents or schools trying to ban books that relate to, like, LGBTQ plus issues or racial issues, but previously, really famous classics like to Kill a Mockingbird or The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway, or um, Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut, all of those face challenges due to like their content. So if it's like sexually explicit, or if they use like derogatory terms, basically they would be banned. A lot of um, well-known authors also had a lot of their books burned in different states, as well as challenged and then banned. But a lot of it starts at like a school level.
0: So you mentioned some of the classics that were challenged and then actually were banned at one point, what do banned books look like today?
1: So, so recently most banned books typically focus on like LGBTQ plus issues or racial issues. One example is The Hate U Give, which is a book that was recently made into a movie that basically focuses on the main character, her name is Star, and you kind of see her struggle with like racial issues at her predominantly white high school. There's one scene where her friend is actually shot by the police, and you kind of see her struggle with that. And that book was challenged last year, along with another book titled This Book is Gay that focuses on, like, education of teens who are LGBTQ+, and kind of, like, learning about acceptance and navigating sexuality
0: struggles. All right, well, thanks for talking with me today, Deborah, as you always do, considering you're my co-host. Would you like the honors of leading us into our next story with Molly? So our reporter, Molly Doberstein, is here with us today after she
1: recently spoke with Scott Lasley, the head of our political science department, about the upcoming deadlines for the election. Molly, what can you tell us about what you learned during reporting? Um,
2: some important things to point out are that um, for absentee ballots, you have to request those online online. F- by October 25th, and they have to be received back in the mail by November 8th in order for your vote to be counted, which is important for students who are voting maybe out of state and in their hometown. The absentee ballot is the big one for students, especially if they're not in their hometown. Like, personally, I'm from Illinois, so if I wanted to vote back home, I'd have to request that absentee ballot and make sure I have it in time to be able to vote.
1: What does that process look like for you, like, if you were to request a ballot to vote in Kentucky?
2: Um, so I know I am able to vote in Kentucky. If you are from out of state and you're here for school, you are allowed to vote in Kentucky, but you do have to request that ballot online and then they send it to you. Then you have to fill it out and then send it back and make sure they get it before the due date.
1: Do you expect that that's the kind of route that a lot of college students would take?
2: I would assume. I think that um, going out of their way to go somewhere to vote is kind of a hassle for students especially like if you're not from Kentucky or from the area, the easiest way would probably be to do it through mail just because it's less hassle and less work on you.
0: Alrighty, Thank you so much for joining us today, Molly. Thank you for having me. On to our next story. Dublin's (coughs) a local Irish pub located in downtown Bowling Green recently was sold to a new owner. Western alum Jordan Green bought the pub in August. So, Michael, what did you learn while reporting on this story?
3: Not being from Bowling Green, I don't get around town very often, unless I have a need to. I just really enjoy getting to talk to people, especially where they are and where they work. And he was a really good person to interview, so I I greatly enjoyed speaking with him.
0: So, with the change of ownership, is there anything about Dublin's that's going to really be changed a whole lot or anything?
3: Um, Well, during the course of interviewing him, I did ask him about that and he's going to keep the Irish theme of Dublin's. He did tell me that he updated a little bit the logo, and um, he's changing the hours of operation to where they're open every day now. But other than that, other than those two big things, he didn't point out anything that's really going to change.
0: I guess I'm really just wondering, why did he buy Dublin's? Like, what was the reason behind this WKU alum just buying Dublins is it sentimental is it
3: so that's an interesting question um we didn't get too much into it but basically the story he told me was kind of your run-of-the-mill you know land buying story where he was looking for property to open his own business is what he seemed to indicate and he saw that Dublins was for sale and as we say in the article he was a he was a western grad so he had been there, and he told me towards the end that one of the things he really enjoyed with having Dublin's is seeing all the people that come in, people he's not seen maybe since 2018. So I don't know if I'd say it's a sentimental thing, but um, it's just kind of a situation that seemed to work out, you'd say.
0: Gotcha. That, make, that makes sense. Well, thank you for coming in and talking to us yeah, again, Cremens. <laughs>
3: <laughs> thank it's you. good
0: to see you again. Tune in next Friday for our next episode. To stay updated in the meantime, check out the WKU Herald website. If you have
1: any tips or any ideas, feel free to email herald.digital
0: at wku.edu. Again, a special thanks to Molly Doberstein and Michael Kremins for coming in, as well as Debbie Murray. and outro music is engineered by Jacob Latimer, and your co-hosts are Deborah Murray and Grace Stevens. Our special guests today were Michael Kremens and Molly Doberstein.